You're listening to the Ringside Podcast. Sitting at ringside. The show that brings you all that is pro wrestling, news, interviews, and opinions. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. With Daniel Spencer. The most electrifying man in sports entertainment. Jeremy Wallman. I'm the best in the world at what I do. And Justin Kruger. Your arms are just too short to box with God. And now, let's ring the bell and start the show. Welcome to the Ringside Podcast. I'm Daniel Spencer. I'm Jeremy Wallman. And I'm JK with these disgusting Kentuckian sweat hogs next to me tonight. That's cute. So That's not hard. so ravishing, Justin Kruger. We yeah, get it. So the ratchet, JK. Hilarious. All right. So um, today's topic. Um, there's been a lot going on uh, with the with the with the shakeup and stuff, and we'll talk about that on next week. We'll break down the shakeup and all that. And as of, we're speaking right now, as this is airing tonight. Um, SmackDown Live is going to be here in Louisville, Kentucky, or not where we record this at. So we'll all be there, excited about it. So it's pretty. We'll t- we'll also talk about that on the next episode too. So in the meantime, in between time, let's talk about. She's a poet <laughs> and didn't know it. <laughs> we're gonna let's talk about finishers. Uh, we're not gonna finish this episode yet, but we'll talk about finishers. Finishers is in the signature move that you do before you win the match, before you count the one, two, three, before you make the person tap, whatever that may be. Or in WWE, you do it and then you kick out at two. Nowadays, you do, yes. Oh, gosh. Don't get him started. Don't get me started on that. Will you stop? You know what's funny? At the WrestleMania, uh, we didn't talk about this at the WrestleMania show, but at the WrestleMania, uh, you know, party I had, we were all there, whatever. Um, there was a lady there though, so we're, we're sitting there and uh, we're all talking about this. And every time somebody kicked out of the finisher, they all kept looking at me like they're kicking out of the finisher. And I said, "But if you remember my rant, I said it's okay if it's a WrestleMania big match. Not every other week. That was the problem. I'm okay with WrestleMania. Right, so, right. Anyways, um, gotta get off my soapbox again. Calm down. Calm down. So, but first though, we want to thank you for all the downloads and listens that you do. Appreciate. Uh, we'll probably plug this again to end the show, but please check us out at ringsidepodcast.com. You can also listen to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Podcast Attic, um, and you can um, follow us on the Twitter, on the Instagram, and on Facebook at Ringside Podcast. Individually, I'm at Daniel Spencer. I'm at Jeremy underscore CSZ. And I'm at Kruger Mania. The patent finally went through. I we don't go. believe that at all. I don't either. But well, you don't believe a lot of things, but I, I'm I not going to so I don't know. <laughs> we don't follow him anymore, so we wouldn't know if it, it went through or not. Right. Well, that's all right. I blocked you for saying 9-11 was an inside job, but I digress. Uh, no politics here. We'll probably right. just edit that out, pretend like it didn't happen. All right, so uh, Jesse Ventura over here. All right, so we're talking about finishers. Now, first of all, let's talk. Let's break down the finisher. What makes uh, a finisher a finisher? Well, there's three types of finishers. You got your well, no, actually, there's four types. You got okay. your aerial finisher. Okay. You've got your power signature. You've got your submission signature, and then you got whatever Justin does on a daily basis. <laughs> I call it the knockout punch, personally. But see, I call it I call it two knockout I, I donkey, it, whatever. I, I personally think there's two types of finishers. There's okay. One, there's one that you set up, and there's one that you can get from any position. We already hey! t- we already talked about the fourth type and Justin's no, that, that's it what the I, donkey but I, but punch. I do, but you're right. There there are aerial types and there's yeah there's the submission types. I get that. So we can both of us are are pretty much right. Right, 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 right. right. Just different aspects. Right, exactly. There's not a wrong answer there. What do you do? You agree or do you have a different opinion? No, there's nothing wrong with what either of you said. When you, when I evaluate a finisher, I tend to look at a couple of things. First off. Is it a creative finish? Is it something that you don't see a lot of or that you've never seen before? Think of when Jake Roberts first started doing the DDT. I believe when he first did it, that was a that was actually a botch, right? So the story goes. 
I don't know. All I know is it's it's yeah, sad that it's from, no longer. From what I've heard, when Jake Roberts invented the DDT as his finish, it was actually a botch. Like he slipped backwards on the mat and dropped his opponent, and then that would later become later on become its finish. Also, think about when Taker came up with the Tombstone Pile Driver, which leads into my next point: Does it actually end the match? Look at Neville's Red Arrow, for instance. That is the most protected finish in the company. Nobody has kicked out of it yet. Well, a finisher should be protected. I agree with that. And also should end the match unless it's a big match, like at WrestleMania or whatever. Then I can see them kicking out of it. But but no matter what, they may kick out of it once, but they shouldn't kick out of it the second time if that person is going to end up winning or whatever. But it is a... um, it it should be the 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 end of the match, or it should if they if something like a schoolboy or something crazy wins the match, it should that should have happened where it knocks the guy out or whatever it may be. But we can go on and on about that. But I do I do kind of see what you're saying. I don't know about that. I have to look that up about Jake Roberts's DDT being on being a uh, yeah. A I hadn't heard I the only heard time I ever met Jake Roberts. I was eight years old. I was walking through the parking lot at the at the Fairing Expo Center going to because back then they they brought WWE in, or WWF in for the fair every year. WWF? WWF. Oh, you mean WCW? That's WCW. The wrestling. They WWF. brought it in. That's the only time we got it was during the Kentucky State Fair week. I don't. I know he don't remember it because he was on a on a bottle somewhere probably. But you remember that? And we we're walking through the parking lot and we look over to the left. My brother Joey. I was like Joey. Is that Jake Robert? He's sitting in a lawn chair. Just throwing back Colt 45s. Just drinking left or right. I was like, hey, Jake, big fan. Can you give me an autograph? He's like, here, boy. And he threw a beer can at me. Interesting. So that's the only time I met him. Never really thought highly of him after that. Wow. Don't get me started on Bam Bam Bigelow. All right. Well, I got I got my Brock Lesnar stories, too. We'll share one day. All uh, right. Cool, cool, so, cool. Um, so anyway, so what we're going to do is we, we decided to all pick three of our top finishers. We'll break it down three, two, one. We'll go in order. We'll 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 pick our we might have the same finishers, it's okay. So we'll we'll discuss why we like it, why we think it's our favorite. Maybe who does it even or who there ha- maybe more than one person has done it. You can name that too. Uh, and go from there. And then we'll get to number one. We'll even have an honorable mention that we'll bring up uh, later on. Um, and then we'll I think um, JK brought up a good question. Maybe what finishers that we would use if we were a wrestler, what would be our finishers? So we'll also Talk about that too. So, uh, JK, how about you go first with your number three of what is your um, number three top finisher? Uh, going off the deep end with Lucha Underground, I'm going with The Wrath of the Gods by Matanza Cueto, which I love that finisher. It's a great display of power by Matanza, especially when he's able to swing a guy one way, then basically do a full 360 the opposite way and slam them onto the mat. I mean, when I first saw it, I was like, holy sh... Like, good lord, this dude is an absolute monster. Thanks, you saved me from hitting the bleed button. Um, by Unlike the way, Chevy, I am very mindful of the sensor button. <laughs> by the way, uh, when we name these finishers, you're more than welcome to pause, pause that go on YouTube, look them up if you don't know what they, they are, and, and kind of watch watch them in action and come back so you can kind of see and get a, get an aspect of what, what it is, so... Um. But I just thought I'd throw that in there because I, I don't think not many people don't watch Lucha Underground and they don't know what that finisher is. So I think they might want to go check it out. By the way, shout out to Netflix for bringing the best damn wrestling show on there, Lucha yep. Underground. You can catch True. out the first two seasons there. Yes, you can. The third season I think comes out sometime in late September, early October. Yeah, so. probably. Hopefully. All right. So, all right. So. What do you think about his pick? I mean, I, I you know it's it's, it's a an good, impressive yeah, move. I mean, I don't think we're here to say picks are right or wrong. It, it's a good move. It, it would it's definitely uh, a, a top pick. I, I don't have anything wrong with it. Yeah, I, and I, mean, I will tell him if I think one of his picks are lame because yeah, that's you, just the way me and JK are. You are no. I mean, I, I do. It, it's a good pick. I mean, because like, it's not in my top three, but that doesn't mean it's not a top finisher. You know what I'm saying? This is this is all kind of a personal opinion kind of preference, anyways. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that none of ours are going to be the same because we all have unique. Uh, appreciations and style. Uh, I'm going to say that none of them. I know. I don't think y'all are going to pick mine. Y'all may pick one of each other, but I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty confident. And you know, I'm never wrong. You've seen the WrestleMania results list, for God's sake. <laughs> you were wrong, but I was okay. not wrong. So, um, I. Uh, so was your. What was your number three? Oh, you want me to go? Next? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Why not? Right. Or do you want me to go? Because I'll go. I was going to go the order. Just oh, okay. You two, yeah. Um, 
Well, I'm going to go off. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb on this one, and I'm going to uh, go with The Black Widow by A.J. Lee. It's uh, very impressive. I did not see that coming. No. See, that's, that's what I do. I boom you. Uh, shout out to Coach K. Um, it's a very unique move, very awesome move. And, uh, you know, it, it's just the way that she had to to set that move up and get, get her opponent in that position. And the fact that it's a submission move, I think, made it even more impressive. And yeah. she's a little girl, too. Right. A little okay. woman, I'm sorry. Which helps her be able to pull off that move because – could you imagine, like, I don't know, Charlotte doing something like that? No, no. I mean, I could see Sasha Banks doing it, for sure, because she's kind of that same body type. You know what? That's a match, man. I wish I, we would have saw AJ Lee and Sasha Banks. That would have been a good one. Um, but um, anyway, sorry. I went on a little, like, fantasy land there. Uh, but no, I, um, I I like that. You're right. I like that move. It, it's definitely uh, – I wasn't expecting you to pull that, but it is for sure a top move, uh, especially for a, for a woman – you little girl, well, little as in size, not girl, but um, please direct ass. all uh, all of your hate tweets and mail to at Daniel Spencer, AJ Brooks, uh, or Lee is a you know she's a, I wish she was still wrestling. Correct, right. correct me if I'm wrong, real quick, but uh, I wasn't Paige the first woman to break the hold. I have no idea. Mm, I don't know because that finisher was. I mean, she did. She bit. did break it at the, when she won her first. You know, when she came on Raw that first night and won the title or whatever, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know if she was the first, first one. Or not. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, All right. I mean, maybe the first woman, you're right. Maybe, I don't know. But we'll see. We'll have to look that up. Somebody will, tell, will tweet us and let us know. My number three is uh, the sharpshooter. Okay. Um, because it's one of the moves I've always loved it the way Brett would put it on. And he would, and only Brett, to me, I know Sting does a version of it, but. And I know The Rock did it because of the whole screw job, and the, and the Rock is one of my favorites. So he, he, he but, and Benoit and Cesaro, yeah, and Cesaro, but no, and Natty, but nobody, nobody did it like the ex, 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 the excellence of execution. Thank you. I don't know why I can get that out. Brett, the Hitman Hart. Uh, he's Amazing. the best. He is the best. He was and the best there ever will be. So there's a reason for that. Well, you know. It, for the in that in that era, but yeah, he was just uh, it was just amazing him putting it on and, and how um, when he put that submission on, you knew that person was about to tap. You knew it was going to happen. You saw it. You believed it. He worked the leg the whole match. It was just it was just classic pro wrestling. And when he put that that move, it just shows it kind of it, it's kind of like a um, and I hope, I'm sorry if I'm giving one of your finishers away, but it's kind of like the figure flare leg lock where it, um, the Ric Flair figure four leg lock, leg lock is what I'm trying to say, is where he would work the leg and put it on him. And it's kind of the same. It, it works some of the different parts, except to me, the sharpshooter also works the back. So it's just a little bit of a more of a pressure thing, but it's, one, it's an amazing move. I love it. What helps with Bret Hart, and we don't talk about Bret nearly enough as we should, but... The fact that he came from his, I believe it was his father, Stu Hart, from his wrestling dungeon, mm-hmm. he came off as extremely believable with being a shoot guy, being able to lock that on, and that was it. Nobody was breaking out of it, and they were either going to tap or risk walking out with a bent back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so uh, that's uh, that's number three. So I guess uh, we'll move on to number two. So, uh, J.K., what's your number two? I'm going back to Lucha Underground because I have to. And it's the 630 Centon by Prince Puma. It is a, I mean, I was going to say the Shooting Star Press by Jushin Liger, which basically, I guess, led to moves like that in the Red Arrow. But if you've watched Prince Puma or Ricochet wrestle, you know the insane level of athleticism you get with him and the 630 is just such an incredible thing to watch because that's two and a half rotations in the air in about a five six foot drop that is insanely hard to do and not even the best cruiserweights in the world could do that so i was talking about earlier about like moves being unique to the guy and something that people never seen before I believe Ricochet is the only one that has that as his finish. Yeah. And it's like it's pretty protected in Lucha Underground and in the Indies as well. 
Mustafa Ali does something similar on uh, on two hundred five live. Only he does he jumps off and does a reverse six thirty sp- splash. So I mean, it's not a senton, but it's <clears> like he jump. It's hard to explain. So instead of like going forward, he jumps off and then back flips onto him. So you know the the one thing about aerial finishes is like I, I've never been. I mean, I love them, but to me, I'm more about. I've never been the kind of person that like that's my favorite finisher. That's the best one, or it, it, from a fog splash, whatever it may be. I just something about. I mean, of course, the iconic elbow drop or whatever from Macho Man, but for but it's just those those off the top rope moves. They're great to have, but I think they're like secondary to me. They're not like shouldn't be your main finisher. They're always your secondary. You go to, you pull out at special matches or whatever. Um, this is my personal opinion. Why I don't usually go. So you'll know it's my top three will never will never have an aerial, won't have an aerial finish just because um, I just don't uh, because you're bland. We get it. Next. No, I just I love them, but I don't think this should be your finisher. Here's the appeal you know? about aerial finishes, though. They're kind of like the big tomahawk dunk in the game. The the, the move that will get people. Very excited. And, all and, yeah. and, and, and that's not to say that, you know, grounded moves will get people excited because that's what finishes are for, to get the crowd popping. But you look at guys like RVD with a five-star frog splash or Neville with a red arrow or Jeff Hardy with the swanton. Well, the only the only wrestler, maybe the swanton, but still the, he, had, he, had the, he had the other move. The only, the only um, wrestler that ever was a, was a champion – Top champion, top wrestler that had an aerial move was it was a frog splash. Was Eddie Guerrero? What about the Macho Man? Well, yeah, I mean, I did mention him, the elbow drop, but or Dynamite Kid even with the headbutt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just I don't know. I I understand what you're saying, but we we're talking about pro wrestling where we're supposed to suspend our disbelief True. I, to I, a right. very very insane level. Oh, and I love seeing Neville you know hit the red arrow. I mean I love I love watching it. And I love watching, you know, the cruiserweights of the day of of the WCW cruiserweights. This one's kind of bland but the, watered the, down, yeah. The worst part about aerial moves though is that no matter who you are, aerial moves will always get people to cheer for you. I mean, Vader's moonsault Seth Rollins' Phoenix Splash when he was heel. Even Kevin Owens when, I believe it was against Cena, when he did that double jump moonsault. I mean, who's going to boo somebody doing a move like that ever? Right, right. Um, I mean, I... I, it's a good. It, it is what, what you picked is a good move. I mean, it's not. It's it's entertaining. It's it's looks great if it's done right and all that stuff. Yeah. Air, it just like I said, my personal opinion. I just don't like them as being your. It should be your 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 signature secondary move. signature move or something. Not your main finisher. That's all. So well, that's my only my only argument. Of course, we don't agree with you, but that's that, fine. That's it's fine. Okay. It's okay. fine. It's all right. All right, you're up, Jeremy. You my say? number two is, uh, and I, again, I'm going to go. I, I don't only hit the left field. I go right field, center, uh, everywhere. The Last Chancery by Austin Aries. Really cool uh, uh, submission move. Back to back submission moves. Actually, I didn't realize I did that. Um, again, it's the positioning. It looks like it's a move. It's some of the moves. DDTs, clotheslines, don't look like that hurt. The last chancery, chancery looks like if you're caught in that move, you're going to tap out. It looks extremely painful. It's very complex, and it's a, it's a fun move to watch. Anything I, Austin Aries does is fun to watch. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's a variation of the Muda lock, right? From the great Muda? Uh, I thought Muda's was more of a dragon sleeper. Well, I, I, Emma, I'm not sure. Emma also did a similar move too, I believe. But that's not to say we're slamming it because you're, no. you're right. The what was it called in TNA? The Horn of Aries or something like that. Uh, I'm I'm not sure. But I mean, submission moves are just great in their own right too. Yeah, correct. Yeah, for sure. All right, your um, number two, D. Yeah, my number two is. Um, I'm gonna go. Well, I'm gonna, there's two versions of it, okay, and I'm gonna go with one that made it famous, and the other one who per, who um, perfected it. It's the Diamond Cutter. I knew you were gonna say that. The Diamond Cutter by Diamond Dallas Page was an amazing move. Um, he could hit it out of nowhere. However, I don't think his because of his age and who he was. I don't think his impact of it was as big as when Randy Orton took it 
and took it a whole new level with the RKO. Randy Orton hits that thing out of nowhere. And that's what I love about that finisher is that it can be hit out of nowhere. It, you don't have to set it up. You can set it up, but you don't have to. It, it just from, from anywhere you go. And Randy's perfected it where Diamond had it, but he didn't he didn't take it to the level he could have took it, I don't think. Well, no, and it, it was slightly different because if you remember, well, I mean, the, the main difference to me is that when Randy does the RKO, the guy stands, you know, the, the, the object of it is that he gets right in front of him. <laughs> In his the RKO, there were many times when DDP did the cutter that he his was almost like a grab and twist cutter, whereas Randy's is just like a straight up and front yeah. cutter. And and Diamond always set it up. He always do the sign before yeah. he, he once or twice he may have hit it out of nowhere, but for the most part he threw up the sign first. Or Randy never. I mean, he used to kind of you know pound on the ground and do that. I mean, he he can do that too, but for the most part. We love it when he just out of nowhere. Right. Like, the best the best RKO is still, and I think we talked about this before, was the Seth, uh, Rollins. Seth Rollins at yeah. WrestleMania 31. Yeah. Phenomenal. It's very rare to see moves like that invented by a guy named Johnny Ace and then reinvented later, and then it's actually better than the original move was, which kudos to DDP and Randy Orton for doing that. Yeah. Because they, they elevated that move, and in Randy's case, it became probably the most viral move Ever on the internet, right? Over the last few years, of course, we got Jim Ross's commentary in there too, and Michael Cole's. Um, you know, with that, that makes it funnier. But yeah, I mean, for sure, definitely, um, it, it's it's just I like moves like that. You can you can hit on anybody, anytime, out of nowhere. But you can also set it up if you need to too, too as well. Um, and you know, you look at kind of a form of a DDT, you know, because you are taking his head and you are slamming it to the mat, where that's what a DDT is. So it's kind of a you know and. Um, I just don't like people to kick out of it, but you know it happens. <laughs> all, right, um, all right, let's go with our news report. Now it's time for the ringside news report. All right, so we're we're not you know book reviewers or anything, but it's worth saying you know. Go check out AJ Lee and Justin Roberts' autobiographies. They just released, I believe, in the past couple of weeks. I know yeah. Daniel's already got. I got both of them actually. Uh, J- Justin's came out April first. Uh, AJ Lee's, as we're recording this, uh, doesn't officially come out. Uh, or officially came out today, but I had it a couple of days before. So <laughs> uh, pre-order it, you get it a little earlier. Um, but yeah, so um, it's it's out there. So uh, Amazon, wherever, and they're both good reads. I've you know I've. Read reviews on them. I'm I'm in the middle of Justin's. I, I you know I'm, I take my time on reading it, but um, we're in the middle of his. So it, so far, it's been pretty good. I, I will say, I always kind of like reading the autobiographies about wrestlers because it's their own story in their own eyes. And in a business as crazy as pro wrestling is, yeah, some of the stories just have to be heard from them. Like I have Daniel Bryan's book, and matter of fact, that is actually autographed by him. Right. And I read the story about him, you know, having sex with Brie Bella or whatever, and I believe it was Seamus interrupting them in a hotel room, and that, that story is almost too hard to believe. You know, I still have never got through. I'm, I'm like a, I don't know. I, I, I was in Daniel Ryan's book, and I just it got boring to me. I mean, I don't know why it just got boring, and I quit reading it. But I, I, I can pick it right back up, though. That's the thing about it because I did it before. I like picked it up a month later after I one chapter and was like able to read right back. So now that you shared that story, now I'm going to want to read it. <laughs> I'm just going to borrow all y'all's books after you're done reading them. If anything, and, and I'm and I'm going on a little tangent here. Get Daniel Bryan's book just to read the uh, stories about him in the independence and training in the New New Japan Dojo. Like, see now where I'm at, he was training in San Antonio with Shawn Michaels yeah. and like living with. That's where I was reading right now. Yeah, uh, I J- haven't made it that far yet. So yeah, the Japan stuff mm-hmm. I believe is after he went to Shawn Michaels' school. Yeah, it is. And a little tidbit I want to share. In the book, he mentions that he was roommates with uh, former UFC light heavyweight champion Leota Machida, which that's a that's a very cool tidbit to know because mm-hmm. that's kind of where Daniel Bryan got his shoot stuff. But yeah. I digress. Um, all right, what's next? All right, so the big, the big story. In, in more serious news, uh, Mauro Ranallo, fabled wrestling announcer and my older doppelganger is not going to be returning to fulfill the rest of his WWE dates 
through August. <clears throat> August 12th, 2017 is the day of his contract expires, is what I remember reading. Um, WB do release a statement saying that he, you know, he's still in a contract, but yeah, he, CBS reported he's no longer going to be on TV. Um, there's a lot of speculation behind this, uh, bullying and just can handle, you know, pressure and what, what is going on there. I mean, everyone that listens to like people's podcast, other podcasts or read other books knows that Vince McMahon, when he's behind coaching your commentary people, he is very hardcore and very like, Micromanage, micromanage. You know, hey pal. You know, pronouns, pal. You know, he does it. Just did things like that. He's constantly saying and and I get, look. It's his company, man. He built that thing from his money, his scratch. He's got every right to be micromanaged like that. I get it, but at the same time, with it being a public traded company, I do think of some of it he can kind of step back a little bit. But a lot of the great good announcers, the only one that can t- tolerate it has been Jr. I mean, he's still like. I'm glad JR's back. Um, it's sad because Morrow, if you've ever watched him commentate something like Showtime Boxing or Pride, he doesn't need to be coached up to be an announcer. Mm-hmm. Like, in my opinion, Morrow's the best damn announcer in all of sports. Better than Joe Buck, better than Al Michaels, better than everybody. Okay. And I don't think it's even close. It's obvious we live in two different realms of reality here because I do think that Morrow is a great guy. He's too much of a – if you listen to him, he's always about – Pop culture Gimmicky references. pop culture references. I, I, I enjoy Matt Stryker more than I do Morrow Ronaldo. You know what I actually like a lot? He's not more more of a – he's more of a a play or color commentator, not more of a play-by-play. But I do really like Joe Rogan on UFC. Yeah. It's crazy, he's now, okay. I'm not, but he does it. He does it very well, and he's he's really good. But if you're looking at broadcast, if you're trying to bring all the sports in. I mean, you know, you you can't. Al Michaels, Vern I mean, Lundquist. Yeah, I mean, come stop on, stop with the Vern Lundquist. I am but not. I, I, mean, won't, I won't. But stop. I mean, Al, I am Al Michaels. Josh and, Matthews, even, oh, even though he blocked don't me, even, don't even. even though he blocked me on Twitter. All right, where's your mute button, I like, Jeremy? Josh Matthews, come on, we're mute button there. Everybody okay. muted you. Oh, hang on, talk. Uh, yeah, he's muted. There we go. You got um, me now. So the, I just um, no, I mean, I, 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 he's a good announcer, but honestly, I ain't gonna lie. And I, this is my cup of tea. I like Tom Phillips better. I, I like it. He, he wouldn't be in my honestly. I thought Morrow was a refreshing change to Tuesday night. He nights, was. He was. But he wouldn't be in my top ten announcers no. right now. Corey Graves. Oh yeah, would be right there with. But them. Corey Graves is play by is a color commentary. He's a little different, but play right. by play guy. Right, right, right. I mean, like, of course, he, he was a breath of fresh air for Michael Coe. I get it, but Tom Phillips though has been killing it, man. Yeah, I like him. I agree. He's got a great future, but with the experience and the pedigree that Morrow has, I just don't know if. He was ready to take up such a big pedestal right now. And it, that, that's a great point, but that's not even going to be my point. My point's going to be I, we're probably going to get millions and millions of hate tweets gimmick. about this. It don't matter. Gimmick infringement. Deal with it. Um, with the condition that he has, which is yeah. nothing to make light of, no. he had no business being in something as big as the WWE. That's why it was okay when he was in New Japan. Loved his work in New Japan. It was a pre-produced show. You could mess up. You, there was no pressure. It was cool. He is in the WWFNE. I don't even know if that's the thing. I just made it a thing. <laughs> and if you cannot respond to that pressure cooker, if you cannot, if you cannot meet the expectations, then you, you should... And again, with this condition, which is nothing, I'm going to repeat this so I don't get a million hate mails. I'm not making light of the guys. Well, by the way, he's bipolar. Bipolar and anxiety, got anxiety anxiety and stuff like that. I'm not making any light of that. Right. But why, why why would you ever, that would be like me going to, Sports Illustrated and asking to be put on the swimsuit issue. It's preposterous, and it would not. It's ridiculous. John Pollock, who's a big, you know, big, big um, podcaster, interviewer, and stuff in MMA and WWE or wrestling, I should say. He um, he worked with Marlo very well and done a lot of stuff. And he even brought up the fact that when they was first announced, he was like, "I don't think I I can't. I don't know how long he's going to last because knowing the way that industry is with commentary and stuff and how Vince micromanages and stuff, he's like, I don't know how long he's going to last." And they actually believe that he lasted longer. Then, uh, then he did. They thought he would be gone right. six months instead of a, almost a year or a year or whatever it was. Right. So, you know, 
it's sad. I mean, there's a lot of speculation behind bullying, not only with him, but I think JBL too. And I, and, you know, JB, you know, when it comes to ribbing and things of that nature, I mean, it is very old school wrestling. Ribbing's one thing, but they kind of do harsh ribbing, which is I'm not against. I'm against harsh ribbing. I don't mind ribbing jokingly and play, even playing practical jokes, but not not when it's going to harm you or hurt you or, or you know that kind of stuff. I don't. I, I'm I'm totally against. See, I don't think any of it was bad. Now nature at all it's like in, in in college football you don't think i didn't get hazed right but the, it's it's the same but see, it's i don't even but hazing though i know but hazing thing. i'm it's not but hazing is to a certain level too i think they go a little too far in hazing as well yeah but it's part of being a man it's part you you get joke the, the people that have a problem with this are more again send your hate tweets to at jeremy underscore csz the majority of the people that have an issue with JBL's jokes and ribs, which go back as far as the industry well, it's not does, him, but it's, yeah, right. are people who either cannot take jokes themselves or are not clever enough to defend themselves against said jokes. To somebody like myself who has been on both aspects, uh, up until sixth grade, I was, or I'm sorry, up until eighth grade, I was short. I was. Uh, in sixth grade, I, I gained a little bit of weight. So in middle school, I was a pudgy short kid. I got picked on all that. I went from being the popular kid in elementary school to being a short, a skinny popular kid in middle uh, elementary school to being the short pudgy kid in middle school and get picked on constantly to getting to ninth grade. I went from five five to six five in one summer, and going back to the way things were before. I've I've ex- experienced both sides. The thing is, is those pudgy years in the middle. Allowed me to be able to develop. What do I need to do to defend yeah, but, myself? But you got to understand something. You, you're not. Everyone's not cut like you, though. No, there, there's nobody like me. We've already established. Okay, that. okay, but, I, but, but I'm, just I, saying, I'm serious now. Right. There's no one. But, but you're no one. There's no one cut like you, though. Or not everyone's cut like you. I right. Say. So there's people that that can handle it, and there's people in the WWE has been doing it for years. I mean, Michael Cole's probably been hazed more than anybody. Right. He's, look, he's been there for. He's probably the longest tender person there right now, besides Mike Chioda. Absolutely. So, but then you you know you have that, and then you're looking at someone like Marl who has who has this you know this anxiety bipolar. He's not made for that. Right, right, and that's what I'm saying. The people that yeah. have the, the the issues with it are people who either have never had to overcome that adversity and defend themselves. <clears throat> Or they're not clever, and that's not anybody's fault either. But with with the whole moral thing, how do we know that JB? I mean, was it calm? Did you know before this came out that Moral had anxiety and was bipolar? Yeah, I did because oh, it's been I, documented. I had no idea. Yeah, it's been documented. No clue. Yeah. I had, but, but the thing, no but, clue. But here's the thing, though: it's like when you find like I've made jokes, teased, and played around with somebody. When I found out something is is bothering them or whatever, they you know that's all what of a sudden, target on right, huh? Isn't that what you target on? Like, if you're joking with somebody and find no, out that no, something no, no, bothers but, them, don't you attack that? No, 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 necessarily. I'm talking when <clears throat> when I'm dealing with somebody, and I found out for you know whatever it is that this is something that bothers them. Then I don't do that anymore. I have respect. I say, oh, okay. Well, I'm not gonna. I might tease you a different way, but I won't tease you this way, so to speak. And I think that's what he. That's the problem is that when they when that was released, it should have been. You know, it should have been, but not only he plays a heel character on TV, but this is, and I personally have seen JBL ribbing in person, and I've been ribbed by him before myself. So I mean, I, you know, he he took one of my one of my uh, VHS tapes and like literally busted it up and like handed it to me. Here you go, kid, you idiot, or something like that. Now later I had him sign it because I just I knew it was a joke and I had him sign it, but at the same time I could have really like been pissed off about it and, and made a big deal, but I didn't. I just let it be. You know, it was it was JBL, being, and I've seen him like. When he took this kid's car to OVW and like literally slashed the tires, like come on, man, he slashed his kid's tires, you know. Like, but did he? Now, supposedly he did buy him new tires later, but still, it was just like that kid. He, I mean, he slashed his tires, you know. Like, take the air out of them, don't slash them, you know. Like things like that, you know. That that's the kind of stuff that I, I, I've personally seen it, and so I, I get it. But at the same, I understand both sides of it. But I think that in a, today's world, in 2017, we live in a PC world, which is sad, but we live in a very bully, cautious world that with WB being the be a star, not to bully, not to bully, it's kind of like you're you're not practicing what you're preaching. You're, world, you're, you're a public-traded company. You've got to clean that up. To yeah, Daniel's but, point, I absolutely agree with what he says, and 
this isn't necessarily to point out or escalate the issue between Morrow and JBL, but I remember six years ago where there was a segment where Vince was in the back and he took a cowboy hat on and he like froze one half of his face and he was mocking JR and essentially his Bell's palsy condition. Here's my theory. It's okay to make jokes about something. Like Jeremy and I joke all the time towards each other. And I'm I think serious. that and I think that's perfectly fine. But when you mock someone's condition or their race or their religion, you're stepping a little too far. And with people that have the anxiety issues and the depression issues right. that Morrow has experience with, some people are going to react in different, sometimes volatile ways towards that. Perhaps suicide, perhaps, and I, this is a little extreme to say, but maybe they're you know the next psycho on the news on CNN or something like that. It's, and, it's 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 been proven that you know bullying and those kind of things can lead to uh, disasters. All I know is that this, based on this conversation, Ringside Podcast is saving the world right now, right? Yeah, Justin's. <laughs> All right, so. Anyways, we could go on this for days, and we can have different – this is a really good topic, and I'm kind of glad we kind of went this way, but um, we still got a show to finish up here. Before we go into number one, we're going to do our honorable mentions, but even before we do that, let's uh, let's do the This Is Awesome segment. got one thing to say Finn Bauer is freaking Brack on Raw and I cannot possibly be any happier because Finn Bauer is a certified rock star on Raw and him being back elevates the pseudo main event scene now that unfortunately Brock Lesnar has a universal title and that's unfortunately taken away from us damn it yeah it's pretty good what about you you got your this is awesome my this is awesome. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to be something similar to yours. So do you want to go first, and then I can just piggyback? Because mine's very short, concise, but it goes off of your premise. So why don't you go first, ladies first, and then I'll go It goes off of next. my premise? It kind of does, I believe. I mean, if it's what you said you were going to talk about earlier, about tonight. Oh. No, I actually changed my this. Oh, you changed it. Okay. You go first. So then I'll go first and stop interrupting me when I talk. Uh, my this is awesome moment is... I'm anxiously anticipating tonight when I sit in the suites. Thank you to my guy, Doug Budd at Red Edge Realty and Homes for Sale on Louisville.net. Got to give him the shout out. Got me sweet tickets uh, for the event tonight. I'm not sure how. I'll, I know we're going to have people in the front row at SmackDown, and we're going to yes, have people me. in the suites. It, Ringside Podcast is going to be representing. I'm not really sure where Justin's sitting at, if, if sure, he's even sitting out in the public. Make sure when you're watching tonight or you know, if you DVR it and you're going back, if you hear this, uh, looking for the the Ringside Podcast T-shirt right in the center of the of the of the ring. The figures he always has to be the center of attention. Absolutely. Uh, sorry, that's my gimmick. Uh, but gimmick infringement. We're going to we're going to have people in the front row. We're going to have people up in the suites. And Justin, are you watching from a bathroom, or are you going to be out in the public? Unfortunately, J.K. has other obligations to fulfill for Tuesday night. Okay, I don't really want to know about those. I don't those, either. I don't either. But uh, especially it's with totally the whole... PG. Stop with your mind in the gutter. Crap. Now you are, now Ambrose. Well, by the time this airs, Ambrose is going to be have a meet and greet. I guess you're not going to meet Ambrose that day, huh? I'm. He's not going to be that. He's not going to have a meet and greet. He's still going to. He's still planning to be have a meet and greet at. Cricket There's absolutely <laughs> no shot that he does that meet and greet now that we know that he's been traded. Oh, it's possible. Yeah. All right, so uh, my This Is Awesome moment actually ties into our commentary earlier. And I, I, we wanted to mention this on the WrestleMania show, and we kind of actually forgot. So I do you apologize. Forgot. You're the host. Well, yeah, we, for, we we all forgot. And you we, did. I forgot. Yeah, I'll take the blame. But good old JR signing a new two-year contract with the WWE to not only do certain matches, but do things for the WWE Network. And apparently this was even done before his wife passed away, and it was kind of finalized the weekend of WrestleMania. But he came out. He did the main event. Undertaker's last match, and it was just like hearing his voice was a breath of fresh air. It was literally the one of the besides the Hardy Boys, probably the second best moment of WrestleMania. Yeah, I agree. And, it, and it wouldn't be the first if it wasn't for the Hardy Boys being the build up and so cool. But it was so amazing, and I just it just shows how much I miss good old Jr. Calling that there's no one like him. 
no one calling those matches. Bless his heart, he he loses his wife. Then two days later, his cat dies. Her, his her cat, his wife's cat. Yeah, like, from, from from stress. They from not, they say from a broken. I don't know how you can tell that, but from a broken heart because the shit. cat searched the house for several days for Jan and couldn't find her. Wow. You know. All my thoughts and prayers for Jim Ross. He's you know, going through a lot right now. He he's is. a great dude. And I love the fact that he, he fulfilled all of his obligations and went and hung out with his friends and family. I'm sure he's got a lot of people loving on him right now. And, um, you know, we like I said, this show was dedicated to his wife. And this is, I mean, we're still dedicating this show to his wife and to Jim. Um, you know, and hopefully one day, maybe one day we'll have Jim Ross on the podcast. He tweeted me once. He did he tweeted me once, too. Oh, crap. <laughs> so, actually... Actually, he's tweeted me twice. But anyways. Of course. Uh, I, of I course he has, Cena. <laughs> anyways, but that's our This Is Awesome segment. So now let's get into our honorable mentions. So, JK, you go first. All right. I went with two because they're basically the same thing. But my honorable mention goes to Daniel Bryan's Findy and the Bomaye from Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm-hmm. I refuse to call it the Kinshasa. Okay. All right. That's well, what Corey Graves calls it, so that's what I'm gonna call it. All right. It's it's a it's a unpredictable. <laughs> you move. got it. You can yeah. pull it off at anywhere, anytime, and it would basically end the match nine times out of ten, no matter if it's Daniel Bryan or Shinsuke. So again, Jeremy's gonna hit this one over the fence in a different direction. I'm gonna go with the Eclipse by Ember Moon. Okay. The All jumping, right. flipping. Stone Cold Stunner of sorts. Mm-hmm. It's got every... It, you know, we talked earlier about the different types of finishers. It's got your high flying. It's got your finesse. It's got your power. It's got the impact and not the kind with the stupid owl that flies. <laughs> I mean, I agree with the Hardys. You know, F that owl. Um, which there was actually a chant. Uh, there was. That, raw. that, raw. that was great. Uh, but no, it, it's a great move, and and I hate that I hadn't seen it before she did it. Yeah, it's a good move. My honorable mention is um, it's got to be from the greatest, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, the greatest performer, Mister WrestleMania, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, and his sweet chin music. Oh, so you weren't gonna? Uh, it wasn't Ricky Chevy's Redneck Driver. No, it's or the, James Ellsworth's No Chin Music. No, it's the Sweet Chin Music, and you got it. And what I love about it, he can hit it from out of nowhere, but he can also tune up the band. Tune up the band. Yeah, oh, that's a good man. one. That it's, was a good one. It's great. I love it. Uh, it's a good, good. I mean, it was close to beating the sharpshooter. That's how good I liked it. Okay. Put him on number three. That's why he's honorable mention, but got to love the sweet shit music. So, which brings us to something that sometimes when we d- pull the curtain back a little bit, when we're doing these shows, we come up with new ideas during the show. So, this is something that we have been talked about, uh, talking about, and JK uh, brought this up. If you were a wrestler, what would your finishing move be? Are we going to do that now? Yeah, why, why not? Why? Okay. All you right. think so? Let's do it. Let's do All it. Right. So, Daniel, what, what would well, you do? I can't. You can't? I can't say it because it's my number one. So, I literally got to wait. Okay, so we'll just. So, Justin, if you were a wrestler on 205, on 105 Live, what would your finishing <laughs> move be? Damn you, that was good. I know. I think my finish would either be the Canadian Destroyer. Oh, my God. What? what? What do you have against Petey Williams? That was mine. Destroyer. That was my. That was my honorable mention. Or the, that was my. If I was a wrestler, that it would, would be either my be the Canadian Destroyer or the Koji Clutch. See, when you name seventy-two finisher moves, you're bound to to mention one of the other people's. Well, any great wrestler has one finish <laughs> and then one submission finish. So I gave you two daily double Jeopardy style. What you got? Silence. That's what we have. You know, Canadian Destroyer would be mine. Yeah, but I I could do. I would say Shawn Michaels switching music could be mine too. I mean, it could be. But but the one my number one is definitely every time I played a video game or I made my own player, I've always made this my move. Okay, so I'm gonna so we'll a little teaser there. Yeah, a little we'll teaser. get to that. Yeah. So all right, well we 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 discussed that. Before we do our pipe bomb, we might as well go ahead. We've get you've all been with anticipation, waiting and waiting and waiting for it. Here is our number one top finishing move. JK, take it away. It is the it is one of the moves in the attitude era that you personify with. It is the move of probably the greatest wrestler in the history of the business. My number one is the tombstone pile driver. 
you knew as soon as Taker loaded the dude on his shoulders and threw his head down on the mat and then placed his arms like he was being proverbially buried in a casket one through three, that was it. No one was going to kick out of it. I mean, it was a move that personified The Undertaker and later on Kane. It was a move that would end matches and you believed it a thousand percent sure, especially with being spiked on the crown of your head. Yeah, and, it was, and and the only person who botched it um, was uh, Owen Hart. Yeah, which ironically enough fueled the flames for Stone Cold's rise to fame in the WWF. I still remember the. That that directly affected us here in Louisville because Stone Cold was supposed to wrestle Bret Hart at Ground Zero here in Louisville, and that happened. And we got the Patriot. Yeah. We got Del Wilkes, the Patriot, yeah, versus Bret Hart. We did get the the first ever Undertaker Shawn Michaels match. We out. did, and I sat next to Flash Funk's mom yeah. at Ground Zero. I uh, I was actually six rows and and then uh, six rows back, and I did we just couldn't because I was younger and I couldn't see and. It, People probably was with him. It was just so we moved up and sat right next to the camera, and we had like literally the best shot. And I and I looking back, I was like, why did I move from six row up there? But you know, you don't think about stuff like that now. But it was I was so uncomfortable. It was two big people around us, and we just couldn't move. It was uncomfortable. Why did you look at me when you said big people? I didn't actually. You actually did. I was sitting right in the corner in the first. I was in the first section that wasn't the chair back. Uh, the yeah. chairs. So I had a really good angle and view of everything. That I was still, a really good pay per view too. It, it Remember that was like, the first time we had the the, the midget wrestlers too. Remember yeah. that they they were like in the came out for about a year. They were doing that stuff. And didn't just, we have a fatal four way for the tag title? Didn't the Headbangers win the tag titles? They did. And they ran event? into the crowd. Yeah, and that was when uh, Goldust uh, to, or, or Baron Pillman. Well, Goldust lost to Brian Pillman, and he had to take Marlena, and he takes her out, and they and they drive off down uh yeah um, Armony Place. They drive off, and then he's like chasing her down a little yeah, which I work right by there, so like I walk past that little area all the time. And I always think about that. I'm like, ah, oh, that's where Brian Pillman took Marlena. Yeah. Um, yeah, first time I met Stone Cold was after that show. Pretty cool, solid, solid, solid. That was good. Yeah. So, uh, so, so you want my number one? Yeah, your number one's next. Yeah, go ahead. This is absolutely going to shock you all because of the fact, uh, and all of mine really have, um, because you all know I don't really care for this guy that much. But my uh, my number one finishing move is the end of days. Really? Go on. Yes. It's the, it's the whole setup and finesse of the move and just the way it looks. It, you know, he gets the guy, brings him up almost, you know, at a 45-degree angle and then brings them back and just drives them to the ground. I, I wish somebody else had that move. I wish it wasn't Baron Snoring. I mean, Corbin. Um, Snoring Corbin. Corbin. There yeah. you go. go. Snoring Corbin. Uh, but, yeah, that's a uh, that's real solid move. I don't right. have any of the, If you've noticed, I don't have any of the older stuff in there because I believe that finishers have evolved since the 80s and 90s. Yeah, they have. Well, they definitely have. Uh, <clears throat> whereas the big leg or the elbow or the dragon sl- or the regular sleeper. Well, the DDT should still be a finisher, though. Right. Yeah. You know, stuff like that, it, it's just uh, all minor or I, I went a different approach than you all. I went newer I, I was expecting stuff. you to go with the mids as uh Skull, well, I mean, skull crushing finale. Yeah. That that I was I was yeah. debating between that and uh, in the end of days. Well, I mean, I look at my list, and other than the tombstone, maybe all the moves are pretty modernized. I mean, Wrath of the Gods is something I hadn't seen before. I saw Matanza or yeah. the six thirty senton. All right, so it brings me to my number one. <clears throat> now, this is the move that I'm kind of mad in a, in a way because, well, of course, I'm never going to be a wrestler, but I always thought. You know, <clears throat> one day I might be a wrestler, and no one else, by the time I would become a wrestler, this wrestler, only one wrestler has ever done this move. And he'll probably be retired by then, and won't be wrestling, and therefore I could take on this move. But now someone currently has this move, and it sucks. But I actually like this wrestler, and he's my favorite current wrestler to this day, so it kind of it's kind of cool how it works out. My favorite move is the pedigree, by far. Okay. I love it. Always loved it. Because it's just it it has that um, 
appeal where you can, of course you have to set them up, but it has that appeal where you can, where you can pick them up, you can drop them down real hard, you can hold them real tight, where you can really put it up, you know, put put it, <laughs> put them in the ground. Uh, it's just it, it, the look of it. The main JK is more intrigued as you go on, right? right yeah, Especially sure. with the head between the legs part, I like that. Uh, oh my gosh! Oh, he's muted. <laughs> um, no, it's just it's it's just amazing that no one else has done that move, and then Seth Rollins does it. And you know, believe it or not, Seth Rollins looks good doing it. He he perfects it very well. So it's that move has been protected for so long, and it's kind of cool that Seth does have it. And I guess he's we're going to see if he's going to take it on from the future, but. Um, it's it's pretty amazing. That's been my favorite move, and that's the move that I actually, other than Sweet Chain Music, which looks like I went DX, then I, but other than that, I would have that move if I could be a wrestler. There's like I said earlier, there's just so many. There's you give your top five, and then two, the go to sleep from CM Punk comes to my mind. Miz's skull crushing finale. Um, oh, what was his name? He did the. Uh, you're gonna know immediately. I'm having a little brain fart here. He did the dragon sleeper in WCW. Mask guy, Ultimo Dragon. Ultimo Dragon. I'm just, it just, it just. The sweet shin music by Hornswoggle was okay. That's ridiculous. But I mean, we could go on and on and on. There's no yeah. way to definitively whittle this down to a four or five. And I mean, and of course, this was not a finisher. But I always loved Ben Wall's like five suplexes or whatever he did. Like, yeah, that great. Was, that was a great move. Yeah, and then. um yeah, it's just, you know, different one things. That, one that I left out, and it kind of hurts me now to leave it out, was the Taz mission by Taz himself. Yeah. Which that was decent. We, I don't know if we talked about ECW a lot, but Taz was my fa- always my favorite thing about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Taz was dope, man. Yep. It truly was. And by the way, we this is kind of where we, speaking of Taz, segues in. This is kind of the idea of on Taz's show. He kind of breaks down, they break down a list. Uh, Taz, the former producer of the show, and Mike Tanay do like a, a countdown of different things, wrestlers, theme songs, all this different stuff, and they all pick their tops and break it down. That's kind of what we kind of got the idea from a little bit. So, so you could say we're <clears throat> doing some gimmick infringement right now. No, because they, they do 10, and we didn't do 10. We didn't do 10 at all. Okay, so Ty Dillinger. Yeah. <laughs> shout out. You know, real quick before we move on, shout out to Ty Dillinger, O-V-W-L-O. a.k.a. Sean Spears, a.k.a. Gavin Spears, and in the first incarnation of ECW, or the second incarnation, the reincarnation of ECW, really good guy, known him for a long time. He has Lived battled forever. and battled and battled, and he debuts on SmackDown a couple weeks ago, Pretty awesome. and it was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was a, it was a perfect 10, I would say. Okay, which one? Did okay, he's number one, muted. right? Yeah, you're muted. Right, Daniel. And now we're ripping this off from LJ from the Nest. So. All right, so now Gosh. it's time. All right, let's, before we end the show, it's time for the pipe bomb. You want this? Come on, lay the pipe bomb on me, big guy. Come on, go ahead. Okay, so I know we did the Mania recap, and I let Jeremy have the mic for the pipe bomb. And well justified, Jeremy. I actually did like your pipe bomb as much as it hates me to say that but let's talk about the last hour and a half of wrestlemania okay now i'm not mad if anything that randy orton won the wwe title as much as i would have wanted to see bray win it nor am i even mildly upset at this point that undertaker has presumably gone into the win with his retirement and roman reigns beat the undertaker What I am extremely pissed about is that they had the gumption to have a freaking concert in the middle of WrestleMania. Listen, these fans paid at the least three, four hundred dollars just for the nosebleeds of the biggest damn wrestling show in the business. And they've been there since presumably three o'clock tailgating, maybe five if they went to the pre show. And by the time the show's done, it's midnight. They're burnt the hell out. Why would they want to see Pitbull and Flo Rida perform a concert and take away 15 to 20 minutes of wrestling time? I think the notion of a concert in a wrestling show in and of itself, pretty damn ridiculous, if I do say so myself. And it, it sucks because we have enough issues already with part-timers taking the spotlight from guys like a Bray Wyatt, and AJ Styles, guys who work 300 days out of the year 
just so that they can be in that moment, to have that WrestleMania moment, that title match that they work so hard for, and the air gets extremely thin. My point is this. If you want to solve WrestleMania issues going forward, shorten the damn show. None of us at all care about a concert, especially with Pitbull and Flo Rida. I may make an exception for somebody like Metallica or somebody that's even remotely credible in the music industry. Besides, Flo Rida once got jobbed out by Bo Dallas in a rap battle. How embarrassing was that? Is that the pie bomb? Are you done? I'm done unless you want to go ahead and mute me the rest of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy, together. I'm okay with the concert. I I see, but I get your point. I mean, I see it, and I, I... but I'm okay with it just because it's WrestleMania. That you know. Well, that in, in music in WrestleMania go. But I mean, even rock, WrestleMania one. Rock and wrestling, you know. Yeah, rock. I mean, wrestling and music have gone yeah. hand in hand. The wrestlers come out to music. I mean, that's well, you know, it's 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 and, it's and, hand in and hand. And they've always I'm, had performances there, like to do the interests and stuff. So, but I do understand though. I do. Right, 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 right. They should have just performed the one yeah. song and that's it. Not the two songs or two and a half or whatever they did. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. You know, there's that. only. I have a solution for WrestleMania, if you will. <laughs> if you care so much about the mainstream music being a part of WrestleMania, just have the concert before the damn show or the night before. Well, here's one thing the Super here's here's one thing the Super Bowl does. The Super Bowl has a pre concert outside of the arena. That's what they should do for the fans showing up. Take away the pre show matches, do that. And then maybe they have a halftime. And right. They do a Super Bowl. Con- so break it in the middle and do one. Do the performance, but don't put it towards the end of the show. Put it right in the middle, and you know what's coming up next. Oh wow! Now the, the three main events are coming up after this concert. Something like that. I, you could break it up better and do it that way. But as far as like, I think they should have like a concert outside of the arena to build people the whole t- the whole day. Have a big festival. That'd be kind of cool. Maybe that's something they'll work on next year in New Orleans. This is all kind of a music town, anyways. Right. So. Sort of like we'll a pep see. rally of sorts. Yeah, exactly. You get everybody hyped for the show. Because that's I'm what they do for the that. Super Bowl. But the Super Bowl is only four hours, not yeah. six and a half or right. seven. Yeah, so. and when I went to the Belk Bowl in, I think it was 2014, when Louisville was playing Georgia, they had a concert before the game with Miranda Lambert there. Mm-hmm. That That is a fine way to handle music without it being obstructive to the context of the game or right. the show itself. Right. If you put a show, if you put a musical show in the middle of a wrestling show that's already tight on time anyway, that just takes away valuable time that a match like a Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton or hell, even a Roman Reigns Undertaker probably needed to get yeah. sort of that finality. Well, I, like I said, I, I, I agree with your points, but I disagree at the same time. It's kind of weird, but I, I understand, and I, I get it. Absolutely. But it's kind of uh, odd there. But anyways. Um, we, Wait a minute. Me and you agreed on something? We did. Okay. We'll edit that part out later. <laughs> Damn it. I have to do this pipe bomb all over again. <laughs> all right. So uh, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, next week, we'll talk about our, our experience at SmackDown Live here in Louisville. We'll also, at, the, at that time, we'll be able to break down more details of the uh, the, the uh, Superstar Shakedown that took a, took effect uh, the last two weeks Shakedown on Raw. Giggity. <laughs> at Raw SmackDown. So see, and we'll kind of discuss the future of that. Uh, and then, uh, of course, we'll have more pro topics. Well, we got some uh, guests coming on in the future that we've got worked out, so I can't wait to announce that when we can. And it'll be some, fun, too. Got some good names. Good names. Up. Good names. Uh, so, anyways, thanks for listening. You can, once again, you can find us at uh, on the web at www.ringsidepodcast.com. Uh, you can listen to us on iTunes, download and subscribe there. Also on Podcast Attic, Google Play app, and the Stitcher Radio app. Uh, and then you can follow us on our social media pages on the Twitter, on the Instagram, and on Facebook at Ringside Podcast. Uh, like us on the Facebook, obviously. Don't you can't follow us there. Well, actually, you can. Yeah, you can. Um, you can follow and like. Uh, and then share the show, um, and you can follow me individually at <coughs> individually, excuse me, at Daniel Spencer, at Jeremy underscore CSZ, and at Kruger Mania. All right, and in the in the what is it in the meantime and in between time is that what Jericho says? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Ringside Podcast, and Jeremy, what about what, what what? Until next time, you've been Ringside. See ya.
Next, you better give respect. Cause ain't nobody breaking this redneck.